0: Welcome to this week's episode of Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, owner and founder of Manager and Associates Financial Planning. Uh, as we always discuss, uh, this show is designed to provide an educational experience for the viewers uh, to tie into one of the six areas of financial planning. Uh, today we're going to talk about estate planning. and. I'm delighted to have uh, a guest of mine, uh, an estate attorney by the name of Randy Steen, who is the owner of the law offices of Randy Hopesteen. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell me a little bit about what you do and your, your firm.
1: Sure. Um, I've been practicing for 29 years, and we do sophisticated tax and estate planning work with a very high-end focus on special mm-hmm. needs, trust, and estate planning. So... In my world, everything begins and ends with taxes because, unfortunately, I have the unpleasant news of telling my clients that we do get taxed when we die. So they get us coming and going.
0: Well, you don't get taxed when they die.
1: Well, (laughs) we do. We all do. We all do one way or another, either federally or by the state. And so every Base, base of every plan, every foundation, starts with tax planning and looking at everybody's financial balance sheets and tax planning, and we start there. Then we get to who gets what, how, when, where, and sure. how we protect people during their lifetimes.
0: Well, you and I had the pleasure of speaking probably about a month or two ago, and you really captured my heart because I've always been a believer that it's all about taxes. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. And just like you said, you start with the tax piece. Because when it comes to estate planning, it's you're leaving assets to your beneficiaries and you want to make sure that one of the primary beneficiaries isn't the government, is it?
1: Absolutely not. And I think, you know, the one point that I always want to get across to people is people get very intimidated by the word estate. Right. And they think they have to be wealthy to have an estate when the reality is... If you have a bank account, if you own a home, if you have a car, if you have a retirement account, that's your estate, that's an estate. And it doesn't really matter whether that's millions of dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or a couple of hundred thousand dollars or $20,000. That is your estate, that is your legacy and that's how we define the word estate. So if you care how that property passes and you care about tax implications of how it passes or who it passes to, it is really important that you look into these things and make sure you have proper will and proper planning. So don't be intimidated by the word estate. It's you. If you own oh. anything, it is your estate.
0: It's funny you say that because I did an um, overview mm-hmm. of estate planning episode a couple months ago. And that's how I started off the entire episode. Everybody has an estate. And it, people think, oh, well, estate planning, that's only for the rich. No, not, not at all. Not at all, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation uh, because uh, you're so well-versed in the tax piece, and that was extraordinarily enjoyable, and and I know you and I can go on for hours. We're going to have to do the best we can to keep this within 30 minutes. Um, But I don't do estate planning, but what I do is I discuss with the clients get them ready to meet with you because i know then what you do also is refine it define it and make it clearer so i think this is you know we make for a great match in that regard um did you find yourself getting really busy within the last year in anticip probably not last year but um, with president biden there's a lot of concerns about the tax laws changing Has that had an
1: impact on your business? Oh, I'm sure it's had an impact on your business, too. All of us. Uh, And this week has had an impact on my business. Because Uh, Biden proposed a new tax plan, the American Family Plan, this week. So, you know, in particular, the tax law right now, as it stands on the federal estate tax level, it's a very, very high tax, as you right. know. It's it's some people think of it as confiscatory, but as both you and I know, it's not as bad as it ever was. But the federal it's estate the it's still
0: limit.
1: right. It, ever. It, it's it's high now. It's a 40% federal estate tax when we die, but we each have really, really large exemptions to it. It's 11, over 11.5 11 million dollars. It's, exactly, it's 11.7 million dollars. So husbands and wives can pass 23.4 million dollars. At which point, to be honest with you. Most of my clients check out and say, that's not me. Right. However, the way the law is written right now, it is slated to drop to five million dollars per person in 2026. And President Biden has been talking and he's ran on his campaign to drop that to possibly three point five million each per person and raise the rate to 45 percent federal estate tax. So why is this important, particularly to people who may even have less than that? Because that would mean if you're married it would be a seven million dollar. If you market. do it right.
0: It's not seven million unless you do proper estate planning. Correct.
1: Right. Good point. Because you have to make sure everything sort of falls correctly. But what if you have four million? Or what if you have two million? Or what if you have five hundred thousand? Why does any of this matter? It matters because we have to take the lesson that it matters who the president is. And this is a changeable tax. This is a changeable law. And we have to be mindful that it could change again and it will change again during right. our lifetime. So we have to plan appropriately and will should have proper tax planning provisions in them so we can turn switches and children are never hit with that 40 or 45% tax. Plus, if we have larger estates, we have to take advantage of the exemptions as they are now so we can plan for those reductions if they come. Now, what's happened in the last few days with what's proposed now by President Biden is doing away completely with the capital gains step up in basis That's when big. we die, which That's is huge, it's huge, huge, right? And giving us just a million dollar exemption. Now, what the step up in basis is and has historically been has been fabulous when people die, and this affects everybody, Oh, of course. whether you're I, wealthy or not, it right? It affects
0: planning that I'm doing while they're
1: alive with investments. Absolutely. Everything Absolutely. across the board. So what a step-up in basis means is that when my parents pass away, I get the value of their house as of the day, when they die. That's correct. Maybe not the 30000 they spent for it. I know. It, right? Big difference. Big difference. So if their house is worth $4,000 now, I don't have to pay capital gains taxes. Four, 400000 <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I don't have to pay capital gains tax on it. Right. What Biden's plan is saying, mm-mm, capital gains taxes is due on everything
0: now. So, so the interesting, and this is so interesting in that I've been doing this planning whereby... Um, you take someone who may be elderly, and I'm selling any asset that might have a capital loss because we can post it, mm-hmm. and then leaving everything with a capital gain because if they pass, they get a step up in basis. I have even taken husband and wife, and I've done this in more cases than one, is if the one is in poor health, I'll literally split the assets between them mm-hmm. where I put the highly appreciated assets in the name of the individual who's in poor health. Of course. So that Mm -hmm. if that individual dies, then there's a step up in basis, which means we avoided all of the capital gains. Meanwhile, I take all of the losses and post them because if that individual dies, at least those losses will carry over in future years on taxes. So. I've been very cognizant and sort of gripping and wondering mm-hmm. what's going to happen with this. Now, in your opinion, and opinion, my gosh, yep. good luck predicting what the government is going to do. The irony of it is that I know even not being in your field, I know that every time that there's any type of tax law change in Washington, it becomes a horse trade. Well, we'll give you this if you take this right. and, and what's on the table. Every single time is the estate tax loss. Yep. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if they do drop it from eleven seven to five or three and a half, this will be the first time in history that the estate tax exemptions come down, isn't it? It's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just that, it also becomes the question of um dull capital gains. So let me ask you this question, if you don't mind. And I know. Good luck predicting what the government's going to do because it's going to be a horse trade. But here's the question that I can't seem to get an answer, and I'm going to put you on the spot. And and if you tell me you don't have an answer, that's okay.
1: You can go be on the spot.
0: So you inherit that $400,000 house from your parents that they paid $30,000 40 years ago. Yep. Okay. Are you required to pay the taxes on it? Upon inheritance, or do you now own a house with a thirty thousand dollar cost basis that only becomes taxable when you sell it?
1: Oh no, it's in, it's on inheritance. It's very clear the proposed oh, bill. Oh,
0: so they're going to make it taxable immediately? Yeah. So in other words, you're subject. Is now, that? who's subject to the tax? Is it you have a three hundred and seventy thousand dollar tax, or it goes to your parents?
1: So it's the estate. The The estate estate is going to pay the tax. So it is the way the proposal is written right now. And it's pretty clear, and it's almost—it's doubling the capital gains tax. The capital gains tax is no longer 20 percent under the proposal; it's 39.6 percent. Right, it's the maximum.
0: It's right, right, right. It's Maximum,
1: right? So we have that to deal with. It's I not just—believe me, I'm aware of that. It's not just that the step ups going away. We got that to deal with, which really effectively becomes a 43 percent and change tax rate for that. So it is the normal—not to mention
0: if you trigger the estate tax.
1: Correct. So that's the normal stuff, right? So we have that. Everybody, it looks like it's written, gets a million-dollar exemption to it, so depending on what other... Oh, really? A
0: million-dollar capital gains exemption? Yes. That's that's
1: the new proposal. So if we're married, maybe we have two million we're working with. Not completely clear. Uh,
0: Explain that. I'm going to back up.
1: So you're talking about, like, really, a husband and wife would have to die simultaneously. Right. But So we're talking, realistically, in your scenario, one person's death, the house, million-dollar exemption we're working with, but that's assuming the house is the only asset that has a capital right, gains right, right, issue right. which is not but at least I really have a million dollars to work with you have a million dollars All right. to work okay, with. okay that's important million dollars to work with but then we have the estate tax issues in the new proposal that just came out this week the estate tax isn't mentioned silent on the estate tax but the capital gains tax is the big issue now one other thing to keep in mind not sure why he didn't bring in the estate tax, and that's maybe because the capital gains tax is such a big ask. Right. I mean, this is a biggie because it I does it affect is. everyone. You mean the right? step up? The, the step up, Yeah, the step up in basis with, and raising the capital gains oh, right. tax. Two separate things. Two so separate the capital things.
0: gains tax is if you make over a million dollars, your capital gains is going to be taxed as ordinary income. Correct. And for what that's worth, the viewer, yep. is if you are in... Uh, the tax bracket of a million dollars and you have capital gains, your capital gains tax is 20%. But what they're talking about doing is if if you have over a million dollars in income and you have capital gains, those capital gains are gonna be taxed as ordinary income, which would be at 39.6 instead of 20. And believe me, If there is a possibility of you taking capital gains and you have a business or something where there's a potential large windfall, you really need to be doing some planning. Apologize for going off base, but these are very important issues. So what you're saying here is that it's another horse trade.
1: Yes, it's exactly right.
0: He realizes that the biggest horse trade or his biggest thing on the plate is the um, capital gains tax of the million dollars Correct. and that the estate planning taxes are secondary. Yes. So once again, it's the worst trade. We never the worst know. Trade.
1: And raising the highest inc- personal income tax rate to the 39.6% rate. But that's not
0: much of a move. That's 37 it's not, to 39.6%. Because 39. It's, 6. it's
1: such a small percentage. Right. But remember, keep in mind that the way the law is written right now, the federal estate tax in 2026... Is still going to drop that exemption? Is still going to, to drop to the, the five million. million each?
0: Well, you know what?
1: So we all know mm-hmm. that the
0: tax laws are supposed to the the, the ones that Trump had done in two thousand eighteen are supposed to expire, expire at the end of twenty twenty five, unless or until somebody changes it, which really doesn't mean anything. Um, we're at break already, so we're going to come back okay. and we're going to pick this up. This is great conversation. So uh, please stay tuned. We'll be back in about a minute or two after our commercial messages. Thank you. <laughs> Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you
1: financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future?
0: Hi, I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation. Unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained as we continue on with the uh, estate planning with Randy Steen, uh, an attorney who uh, is very knowledgeable and excites me to death when we chat about taxes because I get excited when we talk about taxes too, as amazing as that may sound. Um, And we're gonna pick up because we're talking about the estate tax laws and how they may change. And I know full well we're working with a lot of attorneys right now and their responsiveness has been slow lately, and no kidding, because with these potential changes coming around, this can and will have an impact on a lot of people, and one of the things that people don 't realize is they 're worth a lot more than they think because they don't they think, okay, well, three and a half million ah, I was near that, not so fast. You throw in your 401k, the value of your home, you may have a second home, and what people also forget is their life insurance. You throw life insurance and all of a sudden, now you're gathering up a whole lot of assets that are now subject potentially to federal estate tax. But uh, going back to the proposed tax laws by President Biden, I'm fascinated with the, um, the step up or loss and step up in basis and what other laws that might be applicable to estate planning are they proposing that would have an impact?
1: So to me, it's everything circling around that and circling around the federal estate tax numbers. Right. That, that to me is the biggest thing and how we can help people plan appropriately for that and look at their plans without doing, in my opinion, extraordinary amounts of legal work that are gonna run up legal bills to do that and working with financial advisors Mm -hmm. properly to sort of forecast and look forward. So one of the things that we really need to do, and and this really dovetails on what you're saying about getting people to understand how their wealth works, Mm -hmm. what they have and how it grows. So we need to work with financial planners like yourselves so we can model and forecast how their wealth is gonna grow so they can see that in fact they may have a, 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 you know, an estate tax problem. And if we live in the commonwealth, depending on where we live, states have inheritance taxes right. as well. That's okay? correct. So that, there's no exemption to those taxes normally. They start at dollar one. And depending on what state you live in, life insurance may or may not count into right. those numbers. Right. So like you mentioned, on the federal estate tax level, if life insurance is not owned inside of a trust, It does count towards those numbers. That's correct. The death benefit does count and people don't understand that because they don't benefit. You don't benefit from a policy on your own life, but that's not how the IRS sees it. They think you have the ability to pay the policy, not pay the policy. You have dominion and control over it. They're going to count that death benefit, but there are really strategic moves we can make with those to pop them into trust if we need to. that's a great asset to move around. There are sophisticated house trusts that we can do called QPRTs that don't take away any asset flow or dominion and control of things. There's moves we can make with business interests. There's all kinds of things that we can do without giving up particular dominion and control of assets. And I think we have to look at those things and work very heavily and creatively with the financial advisors to, to really look at those things. Particularly, people who are invested in the capital gains sort of horizon planning. We have to look at IRAs and looking at possibly converting those to Roths and, oh, and things like that. Been doing a lot of that. But we really have to convince our clients to look at these strategies in a horizon planning type way and making them understand that and how even changes before President Biden impacts that. So the SECURE Act came into effect in 2020, and that forever changed, at least short term, because with COVID, nothing else is going to change. Well, so the big impact- How retirement things pass.
0: The big impact that I found with the SECURE Act is the requirement for beneficiaries to take out IRAs within a 10-year period. Correct. And it's remarkable how many people have multi-million dollar IRAs, and it's a function of they've been accumulating 401K assets and or they were with a company that they had a pension and they took a lump sum payout. I've got a client with a $3 million IRA. And so then what happens is they're not probably going to burn through it during their lifetime, and if they have only one child, we've already projected this out, if they only have one child, they're handing over a giant IRA to their child, and saying, Here, you know, we love you. And oh, by the way, in all likelihood, just using actuarial values, we're gonna make you take several hundred thousand dollars out per year when you're in your highest earning years. Yeah, we love you that much. So it's remarkable here and again, is proper planning is what allows you to transfer assets to your beneficiaries and not to the government. What I've also encountered in many cases, just working with clients, a lot of them, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people think that if you read it on the Internet, it must be true, right? <laughs> yes. So um, they're just not aware of the idea they have charities and they have IRAs. I'm like, if you have a charity, then what you really ought to do is make the beneficiary of of a portion of your IRA or carve out a second IRA and you make that for your charity. And it's remarkable how many people I've come across who don't think about that or don't realize that. Give the taxable asset to the charity. Why? They don't pay taxes.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think that people also have to understand we're talking tax planning. Mm-hmm. And in a perfect world, everything would be tax efficient, right? So individuals generally have lower tax rates than trust do, trust have the highest tax rates, right? But in the IRA retirement world, yeah, now typical beneficiaries have to take their retirement assets out in 10 years and it makes tax sense to leave it to them individually. But what if we have a child that's married to someone we don't like and we think the divorce rate is really high? We may want to tie that up and direct that money into trust for them for 10 years. Not the best tax rate, but might be the best way to protect that money for 10 years. Right. You know, so there's other things. If we have a special needs beneficiary, now special needs trusts can receive those retirement monies for their lifetime. Couldn't do that before. Higher tax rate, but could be really good reasons, especially if that special needs child is the only child of that marriage. So planning is tax forward. But sometimes life gets in the way, and we are looking at other circumstance other than taxes. So you do have to look at everything. We start with taxes, but then we have to look at the emotion and the reality of of the family situation.
0: Of course. And, you know, you brought up trusts. And I am the hugest proponent of trusts because what it enables you to do is – to not just plan what happens to your money when you die, but it enables you to plan how your money is distributed long past your death. And you bring that up, and, and I strongly encourage it, the use of trusts. Because it enables you to protect your beneficiaries from themselves. Divorce, poor spending habits, mm-hmm. um, whatever the term may be. Um, glad you brought that up. And taxes. You know, it's it's... taxes are always going to be there and the better we can plan for it the more we make the federal government or the state government not one of your primary beneficiaries.
1: I, I agree with that and I think that financial advisors do a very good job like yourself of checking in with their clients on a quarterly, semi-annual, annual Mm -hmm. annual basis. Lawyers do not do a very good job of that. Tax lawyers, lawyers in general, don't do a very good job of that. Um, And I think that by doing that on an annual basis, we have a much greater chance of moving the ball with clients and helping them with these strategies and keeping them implemented and fresh on those things. I
0: I agree, and so it's funny you say that because you know, as an attorney, you draft up the will, and the trusts, whatever, but life happens and life happens more than just that one day that you're doing it. So, you know, they could have, you know, their, their children married, their children, things happen. We all know that. So as an attorney working with your clients, how often do you encourage to meet with your clients after you do an estate plan?
1: So in my law firm, what we do is um, every January, annual tax updates go out to our clients with reminders of what they need to do and sort of like reminders to have you changed your beneficiary designations, have you done this, particularly in special needs situations. And then I offer a complimentary annual meeting every Mm -hmm. year for clients to come in. That's a great idea. So that's also what we consider best practices. Of course, if there's a problem, they call in between. If there's a major change in the law that happens in between, we're reaching out to them. So, for example, with COVID, with the situation with health care powers of attorney, we changed everybody's health care powers what of attorney. What changed with the
0: healthcare care power of attorney?
1: Nothing legally changed with them, but I felt that there was a need to put an electronic communication provision into everybody's health care powers of attorney. What does so that mean? doctors, hospitals could communicate with loved ones via Zoom, via FaceTime, via email, via text, and they would be released from liability from doing that if we couldn't be with our loved ones in the hospital at the same time. Okay. So that was important enough to me that we sent out hard copy letters, we sent out Mailchimp to all of our clients, and we sent out the language to everyone. It's actually posted on Facebook right now on the law firm's website, too, as well. If anybody wants to download that information, it's there. It's just a paragraph that can be added into your power of attorney. If you want it, because we felt it was that important to do, um, because you can't be in the hospital with somebody right now if they have COVID. So it's an electronic communication Still now? Yeah.
0: If they have COVID, you can't be in the hospital with them. No. Interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you one question yes. about the medical directive. However, we're out of time. I okay. can still ask a question, but okay. is there anything you want to add before we're done?
1: I would say this to anybody listening. All of your professionals should be working together transparently. <sighs> your lawyers, okay. your financial advisors, your accountants. Ev- everybody should be communicating transparently and everybody should be able to explain things to you in terms that you absolutely understand. The most complicated concepts can be explained to you in English. And if they cannot do that, I firmly believe they do not understand what they're talking about. And you should go and meet with somebody else. That's, that's my words of wisdom.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And so if you could, I would like for you to take a moment, yes. look into the camera, which I think is over there, okay. and just tell people how they can get a hold of you if sure. you'd like.
1: Sure. Um, my law firm, the website is www.rsteenlaw.com, and you could always call me at 215-570-0047 or email me at rsteenlaw@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Cool. Thank well, thank you. you very much, Randy. That was pleasurable. Thank you. So, uh, learned a lot today. Um, when it comes to estate planning, Randy also reiterates everything that I've always said and that you really Everybody has an estate don't underestimate what you think you have or don't have and also don't underestimate the impact of taxes and there are a lot of ways to be able to bypass legally bypass taxes skirt the tax laws and I've always been a fan of he who knows the rules of the game best usually does better at the game. Uh, There's a quick gee, I don't want to spend a couple or few thousand dollars to have a will done when I can dial a will or do something like that online. Do not underestimate the value of what estate planning, estate attorneys can bring to the table. And I'm telling you, tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars just in inheritance or estate or now potentially capital gains taxes could be the difference between a proper estate plan and not doing it properly. So I hope everybody learned something today. Thank you for joining us and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Thanks, nice John.